Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is a very special episode of the HR Social Hour. John and Wendy talk to Megan Yunkin and Tom Horn from People Element. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. End of May. Yes. Been partnering with People Element this whole month. We're so excited having them as part of our sponsor family and part of what we're doing here. People Element co-hosted our latest chat, and hopefully those of you who attended had a great time there. I know we had some great conversations going, and part of that is that uh, we're having a conversation with Megan and with Tom to talk more about what they do, how they do it, and, and what they see going on in this wonderful world of HR. Yes, so excited to share People Element with you all, and I'm going to guess we're going to learn a little bit more tonight as well, John. Um, I'm sure there's something, some surprises they have for us as we uh, get into the conversation today. Without further ado, let's make the introductions and we'll get started. So excited to welcome Megan and Tom to the show. Megan is a former middle school music teacher who was able to build those skills to be in front of an executive team by working with those middle school students. Megan has been at People Element for 15 years, starting in the research department. She's been working directly with clients for the past 10 years and has been invited to speak at several conferences, conventions on employee relations and engagement. And Tom Horn, who spent 20 years in leadership positions from assistant manager to CEO across the hospitality and restaurant industries. So you know he has some good stories out there. He has been in HR as a sole practitioner and has also created an entire HR team systems programs from scratch as there was no HR when he came on board to that location. For the past three years, however, he has been focused on leveraging technology to empower teams and create efficiencies where we all know we would love to see them. Tom and Megan, we are so, so excited to welcome you to the show today. Our first question is, what is in your glass, Megan? In my glass right now is water because I am uh, currently recovering from my second COVID shot, which it hit hard, but I would do it all over again anytime. But for that reason, I've got water today. How about you, Tom? I am drinking a Juicy Bits by Weld Works. Juicy Bits? What is it? Juice? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's a New England IPA from my uh, absolute favorite brewery here out in Colorado. Nice. I love the title. Um, I might have to figure out how to get uh, get some of that for myself. <laughs> Megan, Tom, we again, we really appreciate you being with us and and talking more about what you do. You know, typically we ask people how they got into this business. Let's talk more about how you got to People Element. So, Megan, we know you started as a music teacher, just like me. How does one get into People Element and eventually move into this role now of experience manager and thought leader? How, how did that come to pass for you? Well, after I decided that teaching wasn't necessarily for me at that point in time, I was just looking for an opportunity to do something where I can make a difference. Um, And I saw this opening at this company. Um, We weren't called people at the time. We've gone through a name change as well as a complete change in everything else. But I saw this opening for this position that I thought was kind of neat, like providing an opportunity for employees to share their experiences, share their feedback, and to be able to be a part of something like that, I just thought was really interesting. So I applied, I went through the interview process, I got to work in the research department for a little while. And then as I got to start to see more about the way things that work in the organization, I start to see, oh man, 
being able to share this information back to the companies that we work with and being able to have those conversations with them about what does this information mean? Just not here's a bunch of data, but here's, here's a bunch of data and here's actually what it means. And here's how you can take it and make improvements based off of it. I saw that and I was like, I want to do that. I want to be there. I want to be helping, working with clients and I want to do that. So I think the best part of people element is the fact that I was able to forge a path there to be able to learn and those skills to be able to be in front of clients and to be able to share the feedback and the, and the action behind that feedback. So I, I love the fact that I've been able to kind of create, create this path, create this role within this organization. And I am, I'm forever grateful for that. Tom, how about you? you you've spent time more in our space as a practitioner and, and leading teams. How does one go from that to business development with people element like you've done? A little bit less academically. I did a grand opening and uh, spent 80 hour weeks and I went, I need a more balanced lifestyle. I love what I do, but it's not giving me the balance. When I moved to Colorado, my first week I was in the community pool and I heard someone across the pool go, hey, did you go to JMU? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. He's like, it's Jay from your freshman dorm. Literally, he lives like three blocks down from me and he worked at people and he's worked here for 10 years and he, he was trying to recruit me, trying to recruit me. And I was loved with people on what was doing. And then early last year, one wonderful thing and one horrible thing happened. The one wonderful thing was I had lunch with the CEO and uh, Jay and saw how awesome the platform was. And the horrible thing was uh, I ended up closing the three restaurants and the company I was running. Really, really excited. I guess it was meant to be that I ended up here, but it's uh, I couldn't be happier. I don't plan on going anywhere for a long, long time. We should point out to listeners that aren't aware, I think, Tom, you and I know, and I think Wendy may know, JMU is James Madison University here in Virginia. So it's kind of amazing that you were (laughs) in Colorado, literally on the other side of the country, and somebody that you went to college with was there and said hello. That's great. Yeah, it was crazy. Love it. Small world. Tom, when someone asks you what People Element does, what do you tell them? I usually go straight to our value statement, not because it's generic and not because I'm proud that I memorize it. It, it because it's really not a lot of companies have a vision statement that they live and breathe every day. And we want to be the best at helping organizations achieve meaningful change with workforce intelligence through a simplified process and powerful platform. You know, we're not in it to sell widgets. I'm not trying to sell things to anybody, which is really what I love. You know, we have 32 years of consulting and experience in the HR space. And the reason we've lasted so long is because we care about the outcomes. We care about helping our clients and our partners reach their goals and move forward from where they're at. That's what we do. We help you move forward. Specifically, we help you uh, connect with your team, collect uh, employee feedback. We simplify that process. I don't want to sound like a commercial, so I'll stop there. Megan, you mentioned when you started, it wasn't even people element. You've been with the organization for quite a while, which is a real boon in this day and age. Talk about the changes you've seen in the business and the name and everything else. Paul, I'm sure there are a lot of them. What's been the biggest surprise for you along the way with People Element? I could write a book about all the changes that I've seen over 15 years. And you're right, it's not normal to see that amount of tenure these days. One of the biggest changes that I've seen in our organization specifically, I think in our industry, but a lot in our organization, is that we've gone from trying really hard to show everybody that we are 
important and experts, and we will be the heroes that come in and swoop in and help you take care of everything you need. And, and that's the way it used to be. And now it's more about how do we make sure that our clients are the heroes? How do we make sure that we are behind them, supporting them, giving them the tools and the resources that they need so that they can be the ones who are telling the, the best story and taking the action on their feedback. So it's been this big shift from like, we want to tell you how important we are and how good we do to we want to make sure that you are doing amazing. Um, and I love that shift because I don't, I don't need to tell everybody how amazing and smart we are. I want you to be amazing and smart. And then one of the biggest surprises that I've seen along the way, we had a big change in leadership a while back. And it was really amazing to see when people are more empowered and given freedom to make decisions, how much they flourish. Just going from having this very long, this is just one small example, but going from a very long list of dress code rules to all of a sudden overnight, the dress code is be respectful. I mean, it was a shock to the system to be like, oh, wh- I, what does that mean? What are the rules to like, oh, okay. We're trusted to make those decisions. We're trusted to know what is respectful to people and to see people flourish under this new environment of empowerment and allowing people to make decisions has been, it's been surprising in the best way. I love that element of trust. I think that goes a long way to to build culture and and, and even build accountability. When you when you trust your folks to to do the oh, right yeah. thing, they will be accountable to that without you know looking for permission to to make those decisions. So I I love that. Yeah, and you don't have to. You don't get to. You know, you don't get to blame somebody else for things right. too. You <laughs> personal accountability as well. Yeah. Tom, obviously, the last year has been insane for all of us. So how have you seen employee engagement shift during the pandemic and what do you believe will be the next shift? And is people element prepared for that? I'll answer the last one first. Yes, we're prepared for it. We saw companies take two paths. We're going to push our engagement off a year or we're going to stay, stay with engagement. The companies that did were really richly rewarded with the information. And surprisingly, our data really showed that employee engagement went up 5% over the last year. You know, this may be surprising, you know, given the volatility, what everybody's going through, what the company's going through, everyone's going to remote. What it really reveals is employees felt more connected to their organizations and coworkers as they came together to support each other and overcome all the business challenges. Many companies that are employees, they were all of a sudden really aligned with their goals. Like, I just want to be able to talk to people. I just want to like do the things I need to do for our function. And that really resulted in this aligning um, that created significant improvements to overall engagement. Some of the other themes that came up, well-being, that word was not talked about enough in the workplace. It's really top of mind right now. Manager communication was another area uh, that really stuck out. The teams, the companies that were doing better, it was because the managers were were communicating effectively, and the companies were communicating effectively down through their managers. It was a seismic shift, so much so that leading to your last question, have you heard a discussion not talking about employee experience? Have you opened your LinkedIn without 300 employee experience ads of some sort showing up? The great news of this horrible pandemic is the whole person is being recognized. Companies are recognizing human in human resources. It's more human, less resources. 
and companies are really making a change. We saw a huge uptick in uh, small to mid-sized companies reaching out to us this year because employee engagement went from nice to have to need to have over the course of the year. So it's been an extremely busy year for us, for anybody in our space, and it looks like it is only going to multiply as companies work to grow from the lessons they learned this year, leverage new technologies to better engage um, and create better retention, better business outcomes. It's been a really wild ride, but I think we're really headed in a positive direction. Megan, building on what Tom talked about, coming out of COVID, we've seen employee engagement be so important. We know it's going to continue to be important. Maybe you can talk to, in your experience, particularly now in this role as thought leader, what do you think the biggest issue employers are having when it comes to engagement? You know, is that the is that the biggest issue you're seeing, which I'm assuming is the case with people element, but what is the biggest issue? How, how do you all go about helping them address that? Yeah, there's a lot happening that's all kind of wrapped up with COVID and the economy. I think there's a lot of pent-up turnover that's starting to show itself. Um, so, you know, the way that we help with that is by finding out what is engaging and disengaging people. And also for our clients who have stuck with doing exit surveys as well, finding out the real reasons why people are leaving from organizations helps to determine, okay, what can we do to stop those things from being reasons why people are leaving? You know, getting ahead of that before the sort of tidal wave of movement comes that it is already starting to happen, I think is one way to get ahead of that. Another one of the things that people are talking about a lot right now that I think is really important is uh, all about kind of skill building, making sure that people have the skills and the development they need to be able to move up in their organizations or um, to learn new skills and have the sort of bench strength in their organization without understanding what people need as far as development and also without being able to retain the people so that you can give them the development, uh, you're not going to have very much luck there. So that's sort of some of the ways that we are helping out right now with some of the big ticket issues is making sure that we're finding out, you know, what is engaging and disengaging people so that we can keep them and keep them engaged so that if you are starting to work on things like professional development and skill building, you're not wasting all of that money because people are just leaving, you know, so the the more we can keep employee retention strong and keep people there, the more your, you know, dollars for development and skill building are actually going to be put to good use. So those are some of the ways that we're helping out right now, some kind of directly related to COVID and some just sort of big ticket issues right now. Megan, I'd like to talk briefly a a bit more about the exit interview piece and how have you seen people be successful in getting information that's pertinent that they can actually utilize? I know in the past I've seen people do things in person or maybe they send a form right on the last day, hey, can you fill this out for us? Or even sending something after they've left the organization. How do you all work through that or what's a recommendation? What do you see be successful to really glean some information that can be pertinent and apply to keep the people that you hire after that? Ah, That's a great question. What we have found is that as a third party providing a platform to, for people to provide their kind of open, honest feedback has been huge because what we've seen is that people aren't willing to give their real reasons for leaving to their employer, either because they don't want to burn bridges or because they just simply don't want to talk about it. But, um, you know, we've seen 
we've seen the comparison side by side between a reason for leaving that's put into an HRIS system versus what people will tell us um, as a third party as a reason for leaving in. The differences are huge. So providing people with a confidential platform um, where they feel comfortable and know that that feedback is not going to be reported individually back to their hiring manager, you know, um, which is what we do. We provide that opportunity for people to give confidential feedback and they feel comfortable, more comfortable to give their real reasons why why they're leaving. And, and we see those differences pretty big. And then when we get those real reasons, we're able to report back and say, you know, you may have heard from people that the main reason they're leaving is because they found a better job elsewhere. Some else. But what we found out is that they were struggling with their relationship with their immediate supervisor. And maybe they just didn't want to tell you that. Providing that confidentiality, I think, is, is, is the biggest, biggest opportunity for that. Tom, any upgrades, additions, um, anything you can share with us the, of exciting stuff coming to People Element platform soon? You know, like every good technology provider, we've got a pretty deep roadmap. One of the great things is Megan's team does such a great job connecting with our clients. It really, a lot of the times, is client-driven, you know, what what our updates are. As much as we're updating new features, we're also simplifying what we already do. You know, I, I look at our platform as, uh, we were talking music earlier. If we were a guitarist, we'd be Eric Clapton because our platform is not the best because we play a million notes a minute. Our platform is the best because it's... Simple, you know, all slow handily. We play the best notes. We play the right notes. So we're constantly trying to go back and simplify what we do as much as we can uh, for our clients. But more specifically, uh, coming up, we have some more push uh, notifications uh, regarding manager tips, uh, more focus on manager effectiveness. We recently launched a new people science validated templates um, for working from home uh, and onboarding surveys. A lot has come out and a lot is uh, continuing coming, but we're really excited about those uh, push notifications uh, as well as those new templates that just rolled out. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, I think there's all sorts of ways to keep people engaged in platforms like that. And I love that you have lots of options. It is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. Each of you needs to answer all of these questions. Enjoy. Well, I want to be very clear. <laughs> all right. We get one. We're not going to oh. give everybody multiple choices or multiple options because we're going to be here right. all night. Not that I don't enjoy your company. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, I got this list. We got no, stuff no. to do. Come on. Stick stick to one. Maybe, maybe two. I, I'll give you two, but one, that that's yeah. it. Two. Yeah. <laughs> not a laundry list. Megan, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? <laughs> I really wanted to be a psychologist. And the reason why is that the people who lived right behind my grandparents, they were both psychologists and they had a built-in pool. So <laughs> that was how I made my career. <laughs> I think Perfect. that's the best reason we've Perfect ever heard somebody way. wanted to be something yes. as a kid was a pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. How about you, Tom? My grandfather was a famous fighter pilot, and that's all I wanted to do until uh, I got these beautiful glasses that I'm wearing. <laughs> Tom, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Trish McFarland. No one's really heard of her. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone should love her at this point. Uh, Laura Mazzullo, Eastside Staffing. Really enjoy the content she's putting out, her YouTube channel. I mean, it's a go-to for me, and I feel like it deserves a lot more likes. And how about you, Megan? 
Um, everybody may already know him. I don't know, but I've been really enjoying all the content that Alan Ibbotson has been putting out. He has something that he puts out regularly called Wisdom You Didn't Ask For um, that I think is great, and I just think he's pretty great. Megan, how do you maintain balance? It has admittedly been difficult when when I transferred to working from home, but I just figured out that having a ritual between closing down work and going to non-work has been so helpful. You know, shutting the blinds in my office, turning off my computer, actually sometimes shutting that door to my office has helped to kind of put that balance really clearly between when it's work time and when it's not work time. Because if not, I could just work all the time. How about you, Tom? I am the exact inverse. The fact that I work all the time and don't work all the time, and I just feel like I don't have home life or work life. I just have life. And ah. Over the last year of blending everything, for me, it's just been like so liberating. If I want to work late, I work late. If I don't want to work in the middle of the day, I don't work in the middle of the day. Between that and literally having music playing from when I get up to when I go to bed, you know, I'm doing great. Nice. Tom, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community or community at large? You know, uh, HR community, it's supporting every voice that I can um, and supporting everybody at every level. You know, I, I'm constantly trying to find new people, uh, people that are coming up and just listen and support and try to connect as many people. Um, I'm constantly building my network, not just to build it, but, hey, I see you're looking for a job. You have a job posted. I'm constantly trying to just connect people and help at every level. I mean, I get up every morning like, how do I help someone today? How about you, Megan? Um, I've been trying to do a lot of writing recently, and the focus of my uh, writing and my articles and my blog posts has been primarily to help out a lot of times the people who use our platform are HR professionals and just best practices, tips and tricks for writing a strong survey model or acting on your survey feedback, things like that. That's that's how I've really been enjoying giving back. I, I hope that people see it as giving back because I really enjoy writing. Awesome. All right, Megan, favorite movie? Uh, High Fidelity. Oh, good one. How about you, Tom? I'm going to give two wish. It's uh, Spaceballs or Lonesome Dove. Wow. Like opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum there. but <laughs> That's why I had to go to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love them both dearly. Tom, we've talked a lot of music already. What's the first concert you remember attending? REM at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany. Monster tour. It was awesome. Megan? I'm a little embarrassed. My first concert that I ever went to was Michael Bolton and Kenny G. <laughs> it was my sister's first concert. No way. <laughs> my sister's also a saxophone player. Yes. That was her oh. first concert. The Kentucky State Fair. Yes. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I think mine was at the State Fair also. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably doing the circuit yeah. that summer. <laughs> yes. There's no shame. There's there's never any shame in, in choices. <laughs> Unless you're going to come out, like your your first was um, like Teletubbies or um, you know <laughs> child children's performance. Wendy, don't oh God, I'm so embarrassed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. See, yeah. Telling secrets, uh, Megan. What was the last show you binge watched? It was actually um, Superstore. I was watching Handmaid's Tale and I needed something else to go to that wasn't so dark and deep. So I decided to go with uh, a comedy show. And so I binge watched Superstore and it was cute. It's not my absolute favorite, but I liked it. It was good. Tom. Also not proud. Uh, it was Cobra Kai. 
Oh, that's a good show. That's a that was. It's really not, but it is. It's definitely not. It's oh, I mean, it's not highbrow. It's no Handmaid's Tale, but I enjoyed it, and I was not a Karate Kid fan growing up. Um, I feel better. That's good. I I enjoyed it. Tom, you will be happy to know. Last year, right before the pandemic really split open, I attended a comic book show and I met Martin Cove. Oh wow. That was pretty cool. He, I was hanging out with an artist buddy who had done several Cobra Kai pieces and Martin Cove came by the table and he stopped and he was looking at it and he's like, this stuff's great. He's like, I'll do a trade. I'll trade you X number of pieces of art for some autographs. So my buddy got a Rambo autograph and a Cobra Kai autograph. Anyway, he was super cool. Like, I have to say that was one of the highlights. And Megan, it just blows my mind. You saw Kenny G and Michael Bolton. I, I bet it was the same tour because they did. They probably just did the State Fair uh-huh. Circuit. There is nothing wrong with that sweet, sweet soprano sax. So, Mm. not at all. (laughs) What is something that that you do, a hobby or a thing you really enjoy doing that people may be surprised, Tom? I'm really good at a stunt kite. And I've been to almost 100 fish shows, uh, like our buddy Jeffrey Shapiro. Uh, (laughs) No, he's been a show. I think think he can flex on me, but we're we're a small crew here in the HR world. Have you talked to, who did kite fighting, Wendy? trying to remember jay it was jay palaki jay thank you jay yes. palaki did kite fighting as a kid that you two need to talk about that yeah uh-huh. something she did when she in india so you, you should talk about that now that ties stunt kiting but yeah there kite we fighting we thought sounded really awesome Cobra Kai, <laughs> <nights>. <laughs> how about you megan i didn't even know that that was a thing i have to look at what that is I don't know if this is surprising, but I am pretty crafty. I really like making things, doing crafty things. Sometimes I even finish crafts that I start. I like to crochet. I like to make things. I made I actually made some coasters for the People Element offices that have our logo on them, so you can set your drinks on them. Um, yeah, I just like to make crafty things. Awesome. Tom and Megan, we have actually started outsourcing some of our work, and we would like to know if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, and you each get an option here, what question would that be? What I would want to know is, what would you go back and tell yourself when you were just starting off in your career? What do you know now that you wish you could go back and tell your early career self? How about you, Tom? That's deep. I'm a little lighter. What's your favorite way to make somebody's day? Oh, that's nice. Not enough best practices uh, for that for that question. No, there's not. These are both questions I would be willing to answer. I don't have to. <laughs> Megan, Tom, we're so appreciative of your time making this work today. We've had some technical fun along the way, working with people element throughout the month and what you all are doing when it comes to employee engagement. We're just so excited to be partnering here and some of the listeners may not be connected. So I'm going to ask each of you how to connect with you directly. And then as far as learning more, getting information about the product, Megan, we'll start with you. Best way for listeners to find you out there. You can find me on LinkedIn, Megan Yunkin at LinkedIn. Um, and then on Twitter, MKY1979. I'm on there as well, but putting out more information, more articles, posts on LinkedIn. So that's probably the best way to find me. And then a lot of your blog Content is also at the People Element site, correct? It is. If you go to peopleelement.com and then go to blog, there I am, along with other people who have contributed blog posts. Absolutely. And then, Tom, how about you? Uh, my Twitter is Engagement HR. People Element Twitter is uh, People Element. That wasn't taken nicely. 
Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm very active there. There's a couple Tom Horns. It's H-O-R-N-E at the end. And you'll see my label is shot out of a cannon. Hope to add you and join your networks. If somebody wants to learn more about People Element and, and maybe even get in touch to, to get a demo or what have you, that's peopleelement.com. 100%. We will have all that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And also, you can find me on Twitter on the uh, second and fourth Sunday of each month uh, as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat at 7 p.m. Eastern time. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Please make sure you connect with People Element. Check out what they're doing. If you're interested in employee engagement at all, some tremendous content and opportunities there. Strongly recommend that you check them out and let them know we sent you. We always appreciate that too. Tom, Megan, appreciate you so much being with us today. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 